Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and I'm the creator of the show Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake because none of us have time to exercise and work out. And me, I'm probably shaking a little bit more than I wish I were. This is going to be a community-hosted podcast, not by me, but by a collection of women all over the country who are going to share their stories, struggles, and solutions, some with their own guests on their episodes, some without. Each one will be a wonderful sampler of a story that you can relate to or that might help you. And I hope that you all enjoy it. Moms don't have time to move and shake. Get moving. Hello, and welcome to We're Hysterical, another episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. I'm Wendy Bradford, and I want to thank Zibby for having me and my friend Carla O'Connor for being my guest. And we want to thank you for spending your time listening to us rant and rage for the next 30 minutes. Carla and I are going to discuss what it is like being a woman in our 50s, navigating the intersection of aging, exercise, and self-esteem. But first, we must emphasize that we are not doctors, healthcare professionals in any way, nutritionists, personal trainers, or basically anyone you would want to take advice from. Is that right, Carla? It, it, it is technically, but like I've said before, I, uh, I think because my mom was a nurse and I was in and out of hospitals a lot, I feel like I can diagnose almost anything. But, but yes, technically, we are not the people that you want to uh, take health advice from. For legal purposes. Do not take for legal purposes. <laughs> right. You and I, Carla, have several things in common. We are both moms of twins plus one. We love our murder shows. We are both in our early 50s, and we are both working out with the same trainer. And we will talk more about that in a little bit. But given all that, this episode might have been called Menopause, Murder, and Mayhem. But we pivoted a bit from that, and we'll save that for a later date. Instead, we will discuss the expectations versus reality we each experience as a woman of a certain age, how our lives, bodies, and self-image change, and how our relationship with exercise also changes into this decade. So, Carla, you and I turned 50 around the same time, uh, pre and during the pandemic. And let me ask you, what were your expectations around turning 50, and what have you experienced so far? So, so 50... So I'm the fourth, you're the oldest of you and your sibling, and I'm the fourth out of five. So I have three siblings who are already turned 50. Um, and then my sister, uh, I have a sister who's a, a year older than I am. And so was able to sort of talk to them about some stuff, but specifically about the more, um, you know, uh, hormonal related things. Um, my mom was very, you know, open about how she hated aging and she was very open about uh, the hormonal changes and everything too. So I, I was already, go as you know, I was already perimenopausal for years. So that was, I was sort of looking forward to ending all that. And I'm almost done with that. Actual 50 itself was great. And then the, the, uh, the pandemic happened a couple months later and everything shut down. And then it's hard to tell if some of this, which I, I'm assuming you feel the same way, if some of this is related to, you know, just how things are because we're the age we are, or if it's life events or relationships or all the upheaval over the last couple of years. So, so it's been a little bit of a shock. I think there's also you, um, shortly before you turned 50, you lost your, uh, your stepmother. I lost my mother last year. And I think there's that awareness too, like now, you know, mortality, um, 
I remember my brother at 45 said he he felt good at 40. He felt good at 40 because he was sure that he'd make it to 80. But 45 was tough because he wasn't sure if he'd make it to 90. And then 50 was really tough because he's pretty sure he's not going to make it to 100. So I feel like that comes into play, too, that because that sort of messes with your head. And but it also kicks you in the butt a little bit to get up and start taking better care of yourself to right. make things easier. So right, which is which we're going to talk about here as well. I, you know, I have to say I expected fifty, Carlin. You know, I love to say this. Fifty was going to be my year. Right? Yes, <laughs> heart surgery the year before. Right. Um, yeah. And then uh, and then my father's wife passed away unexpectedly. And then the pandemic happened and mm-hmm. our kids, all of our kids were doing remote school from, uh, from home. Um, and I started gaining weight without even trying. So you know, that was always a lot of fun. That was a, a big surprise. And, uh, and you were probably not wearing regular pants. Like I didn't even <laughs> notice the weight I gained until I tried to put jeans on again. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yes. And then it was like, how does nothing fit? And then I got on a scale and I'm like, oh, there you go. Right. We all made the yeah. mistake of, of taking our jeans off. So Yes, we should have just kept them on. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Showered exactly. with those on. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, I have to say, I, I do want to mention social media in here uh, because I, I've started to get, and, and you probably have to perhaps, targeted ads around menopause products, right? Which which I looked at initially very hopefully buying these yeah. supplements that are supposed to, you know, because the images are like the before and after. Right. And they're supposed to you fix everything yeah. that's happening. The hot flashes, the uh, the menopot. I don't know if you've heard this phrase, but the yeah. pot belly from menopause. Yep, the bloat. Yep. And uh, the cooling sheets. The cooling blankets, um, which I, I have bought, and uh, and I'm not going to plug any specific products, but I purchased a lot of the mists. Oh, the cooling yeah, well, mist and, and the fan, the personal yeah. fan that uh, the personal right, the fans it's like ten personal fans now. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, I feel like social media um, is not doing menopause justice, right? Ever I've gone to no. every doctor because you know we go to. 15 doctors now in our 50s. And I've asked, like, is there anything you can take for the hot flashes? Is there anything you can take for the weight gain? And even the even the female doctors, almost, almost all my doctors are women, you know, sort of like shrug and say, no, nothing works. So well, you and if you go the route of, you know, the, the handful of people I know who've gone the route of um, hormone replacement or any kind of hormonal therapy, it's a lot of um, trial and error. So it could be you could go through an even worse period before you get to possibly any relief, but even then there's no guarantee. So it's, you know, it's already, it's, it just sort of feels like you just sort of have to soldier on. And honestly, if you think about it in relationship to COVID, it's very similar. You just throw on sweatpants. You're going to, you know, that's your, your uniform of choice. And then you just have to soldier on and keep going through it and you come out the other end, right? Like, it's sort of like a pan, it's a, your personal pandemic, yes, exactly. which doesn't make sense because pan wouldn't apply, but you know what I mean. Um, but it is, it's, it is like, it's an onslaught. And I, so not only does I think social, I mean, a social, so, um, what am I trying to say? 
social media, social services, we should have social media, not help, not help. I think the, um, I think the fact that it's still a taboo subject and people don't want to talk about it. And it's sort of seen like, as it's like a personal failing in a way, you know, if, um, you know, it's bad enough that if you say the word period in front of people, they'll, you know, they get embarrassed and they, you know, uh, are mortified. When I miscarried, but first miscarriage, that feeling of like, why well, I, I didn't know this happened to all these people. No one ever talks about it. And then now again, even post-pregnancy, I feel like people didn't talk about all that, all the the bleeding and the way you're going to feel. And now again, we feel like we can't talk about right. something. But having said that, I do feel like sometimes it's used as a catch-all for women of a certain age, that if you have any issues, it's probably, you know, hormonal when there could be something more going on and, you know, Right. And that's what so it's, it's a tough. It's very hard to navigate. Yeah, because you're you're never doing this again. Like you know, how like many times have I texted you? <laughs> like, are these chills from covid or hot flashes? Yes. Right. Right. If you if you Google anything, is this menopause? Like, yes, it's menopause. It could also be 10,000 things that are worse. So, right. Right. Yeah, it's really it's right. very difficult. Because or if you is, a, is a symptom of menopause. Everything. Remember, I would say if you Google like my left arm fell off plus menopause, it'd be like that's one of the many symptoms. No, it's I and I. But is it really or is it just sort of this is what women this age complain about? So we're just going to dump that under menopause. Right. Yeah, I don't. It's it's a it's a um, by the time you become an expert in it, you're you're done with it. And now you need to share. It should be like how Michelle Obama said you turn around and you help the next person. We should have like like mentor, you know, Menopause situations for people who've gone through it and turn around and say, here, we're going to, we're going to buddy you up with this woman who's going through it. And she gets to call you and ask you all these questions or, yeah, because it's, it's, um, it, it wasn't fun. Or how many times, because you're right on that cusp, you, and your period is so irregular. Do you think, well, oh, am I pregnant or am I like too old? Do you know what I mean? Like where, Right. Where am I? Well, I don't here think that this? anymore, Carla. <laughs> no, I don't think it anymore either. But there was a period of like a year or so where I was like, which one is this? Right. Um, because it starts, you know, right. in your early 40s, right? Right. For many women. And it goes well into your 50s. So, yeah. So, yes, we're we're raising children and uh, and going through our personal menopause pandemic. I think we should all have parties when we're done. When we're done, we should all throw ourselves parties and be like, we did that. We lived through that mess. Right. 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 In in a very air conditioned room. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And one of the, uh, one of the things you and I have talked about, we had this experience, you and I went to a, uh, a restaurant in New York city recently and we were sitting at the bar uh, among the staff of 20 somethings Right. And we I mean, we were laughing very hard because I thought we were going to have to set our hair on fire. In to order get the bartender's attention. <laughs> I, I, I kept remember I kept saying, should I flash him? But he probably still wouldn't have noticed. Right. And it wasn't even that they ignored us. They literally just talked right next to us. As yeah. If we were not there. I actually think at one stage he was laughing at us right in front of us mm-hmm. and was like, I don't think they they get it. 
No, I know. And this was the same restaurant. Well, not the same restaurant. It's the same building in a, where it, at a, when it used to be a previous restaurant, I was asked by a waitress if I was, if my children were my grandchildren one week, do you remember? Yeah. On my 46th birthday, she asked me if my children were my grandchildren. And then the following week, she asked me if the same waitress asked me if I were pregnant. Right? You can't Maybe be it's both. just that space. <laughs> can't be both. Well, I, well exactly. And, and you and I have talked about this as well. The, um, the invisibility of middle-aged women. Yes. And what we gain or lose. From uh, right. from that, right? Because it does kind of come in handy when you know no one is looking at you. No one cares anymore. Do you, what, well, do you want me to share my bar anecdote and then my beach anecdote? Yeah. Should I? So the so the the minus part of being invisible is, and I was telling you about this walking down a New York City sidewalk where there was an outdoor eating area, and the bartender was waiting with his tray to. Uh, or the waiter was waiting to cross back over into the establishment. And my three children walked by and my husband walked by and he waited patiently. And then as soon as I got in front of him, he took a step and barreled right into me. And I was like, oh, my Lord, am I really, really invisible? I thought that was just a metaphor. But no, it felt like I was really invisible. And then he still didn't say sorry. But then a few weeks after that, um, I, as Wendy knows now, have a... Uh, been suffering with an autoimmune vasculitis and I was covered in that and went to the shore and I was thinking, Oh, I'm so self-conscious of this, this uh, vasculitis rash. And I'm so worried, you know, I don't want people staring at me. And then I took my cover up off and nobody looked at me. So there was a plus side to that too. Little, I was not even on anybody's radar. They were looking at the, you know, much younger, uh, much better looking people in their bathing suits. It was not me, which is fine. There's that, not so. Right. Right. Sometimes you it's know, a relief. Be yeah. Happy in our sweatpants. Um, right. Yes. But that, yeah. also, that brings up a, a, a topic we have discussed before, which is um, body dysmorphia, which. Uh, oh, yes. You know, I, I have related to my entire life. I have, you know, I have had eating disorders. I have always um, had a problem with with body image. But uh, but you have a, a different take on it. and uh, I do. I was I, always very skinny. I was always skinny. So in my head, I'm still really skinny, even though I'm, I don't even know now, 60 pounds heavier than I was when I first met Paul. Um, and I gained 55 of that through COVID. No, not quite, but it feels like. Yeah, I, I think I'm younger looking and better looking and thinner than I really am. And when I see myself... When I walk past a window or a mirror and I see myself, I'm always sort of shocked. Even at home, I, the mirror I have at home, it must be, there must be something. It's an Ikea mirror. I, it worked, it works perfectly fine, I think. But I think I look thinner when I look in the mirror at home. And then when I go out in public, I'm, maybe it's just comparing myself to other people. But um, well, you, you but I guess worse. that's not the worst kind of, you know, body dysmorphia to have either not that any is good, but you know what I mean. It's. Well, I, I think. Um, I think there is a certain. At least I have experienced a, a certain amount of denial. Um, getting older. Uh, and oh yeah. Having all these changes is. Uh, you know, people will talk about you know someone in their thirties, and I will think, oh, that's that's. Uh, I'm not that much older than that. And uh, no. And I have to remind myself. Uh, oh, I I actually am, and and I'm not um, not as young as I think I am. Right. So, 
like when I would try to relate to the babysitters back when we, we still had to get babysitters. And then I would walk away thinking, I'm pretty sure I'm their mother's age. And I'm, you know, and they're looking at me like, this is so sad. This lady thinks we can chat as if we're contemporaries. But yeah, um, it is. And it's, I think it's a shock. I think, and, but you know what, there's, I don't know that that's the worst thing is what I, it was what I'm trying to say. I don't know if it's bad to feel that you're younger. I think maybe, I mean, mentally, I definitely feel younger. Um, right. Or so, you know, aches that you might have, like my left foot always hurts and it has ever since I gave birth to the twins. And I don't, in my head, it's going to get better and go away, but it's hurt for 14 years now. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to live the rest of my life with a foot that hurts and is sore. But in my head, it's just a, it's a minor setback and it'll heal itself because I still think, you know, I can nap on a couch and wake up and not be achy and sore. Right. So the reality sort of, it smacks you in the face, but, yeah, and, and I I, but it also keeps you going. My mom well, I mean, the, said that too. Like she, what's that? that? She said, you never actually think or feel as old as your body is getting. Yes. Uh, and yeah. I, you know, of course I didn't relate when she said it when I was 16, but I completely get that now. Um, and you and I work out with uh, the same trainer, right? This was yeah. something that I did for myself when I turned 51, uh, was I, right. I hired a trainer, um, Michael. And then I, I said to you, who's your trainer and give me his information. And then, exactly. and then I, and I pushed thing. myself into that relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you forced myself into that. Yep. And the best thing about Michael, you know what I'm going to say is he does not make us do burpees, right? Nope. He doesn't make us do burpees. He did threaten or joke at first. No, I saw, I tried to do burpee once and I'm surprised I didn't like crack my chin open on the floor. Um, But he also is very good at not pushing you. I had gone, you know, the, uh, where, where you used to live and where I still do live, the, the gym that's there. Um, and I'd gone there a few years back and it was, you know, the, the guy, you get a one personal training session or something before you join. And the guy who was doing it was, you know, probably like 25 and he was nice enough, but he was pushing me and pushing me. And the next day, honestly, for a few days afterwards, I could barely lift my arms to wash my hair in the shower. And then it, it just, it sort of felt defeating. Like I, I, I want to get in shape, but if I'm going to be in so much pain, making this happen, then is, you know, I can't go about my regular life. And Michael does not, Michael is so good at sort of seeing your limitations, where your comfort level is, when you might need a break. Right. And, working on the things that are, because I don't know about you, Wendy, but I don't plan on ever like becoming a swimsuit model at this age. So I don't know that I want, I'm working out to look what's that. Don't give up your dreams. I will. Yeah. Maybe I will. You never know. Um, my color, my color guard modeling, uh, career that I had, you know, the, uh, band uniform pictures, Wendy, I'll use that as my portfolio for, for Victoria's secret. Um, or Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit. They should have a sports, a middle-aged Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition I for all of us who are looking for a swimsuit. they like their their range of models, which, which have is they fantastic. Um, That's I'm not. Good. I'm still, you know, far, far outside. Yeah. I want to see me. Like, yeah, 
but he's so, and to say to like, I mean, of course I, I said to you, I want to get, all I want to get is good arms. Cause I think people, you know, toned arms make you just look like you work out no matter what. Um, but I, but at this stage, what your goals are for exercising when you're 20 are not the same goals as, as 50. And, uh, and I think Michael's very good at what yeah. that Michael is, is yeah. great in that. And, and he really pushes us, um, to work on our flexibility, because as, as he yes. told us, our flexibility is the first thing that goes as you age. Uh, balance. Because, balance you very know, much. You don't want to break a hip. And, and that, nope. is a, that is a real worry at this point. I yep. just bought those plastic mats for the bathtub because uh, I was in the shower one day and thought, you know, it's pretty slippery in here. <laughs> yep. Break a hip. Your next purchase is going to be a chair. So you could sit down and shower. That's right. your next one. And so, so Michael, and, and I know when I spoke with him before we started working together, you know, I basically said like, you know, I'm a middle-aged woman, you know, and right. I don't want to get, I don't want to push myself too hard, but you know, I want to feel better about myself. And, uh, and that's really what exercise, you know, should be doing for us is, is strengthening our body and making us feel better about ourselves. Right. Right. And giving, yeah, I don't want to have to ask Paul to, or forget about Paul. I don't want to ask my kids to open a jar. When I'm, do you know what I mean? I want to be able to open a jar as long as I can, those kind of things. And I don't, well, you know, in my family, as you know, with the, that my mom had her knees replaced and she had, you know, the weight, uh, weight issues run in my family. Um, and there's just so many, uh, my grandmother had, um, uh, arthritis and was in a wheelchair at a very young age, considering a very, I would say in like her sixties, which is, you know, a different generation at the time, but I don't, but that's only eight years off for me. You know, I don't want to be in, in, in a wheelchair for the last 30 years of my life, obviously. So I think it's like, and you used to work out and you, you used to go to the gym. I never really did. I was right. never a big fan. I hate sweating. But but I think after my mom passed away and just seeing how hard things were her, for her getting around, it really sort of kicked it into gear that this is, this is not something that I'm going to, like, bounce back from. Like, anything that happens now, any injury or anything that happens, it's sort of like a permanent thing now. You know, you're not going to things are not going to heal the way they used to. So you got to sort of stay on top of it now. So this is my hope anyway. Yeah, this is, that is a really good point. My, uh, my mom is, you know, had heart surgery, had a, a heart, um, a stent put in, uh, recently yep. and has started doing cardio rehab and she was never a big exerciser, but now she's, uh, she has her walking shoes and she goes to, uh, you know, to her rehab a couple of times a week and she's enjoying it. And, uh, and, it's it is really important that uh, that we don't um, give up just because it gets harder. And as you, yes, I was you know a big gym rat in my twenties and thirties, and I still you know I still enjoy sweating. Um, unlike you, when when it's appropriate, I do like to sweat. It's the inappropriate <laughs> sweating that I that I don't enjoy. Uh. But I, I do still enjoy it. But um, it does it gets more difficult um it does get more difficult it's harder uh you know michael has said we need to spend more time warming up um and stretching yeah uh, which is you know i could always like get off of a spin bike and you know not stretch and whatever and and be completely fine 
Um, and now I wouldn't be able to, uh, to move around if I didn't stretch after. I think so too. For me, I am very self-conscious. So we tried to use the outdoor there, uh, you know, um, there's a couple outdoor gyms in our development and, or at least one that's for supposed to be for adults. And I, there was an older guy there, Wendy, who was just sitting there. He had like a windbreaker on and jeans. And I'm going to say the guy was in his eighties and he just was sitting there all casual. And then all of a sudden he did a headstand on something and just stayed there for the longest time. And I was like, that, that guy's showing off. And I'm so self-conscious right now. Like this man who's 30 years older than me is like in so much better shape than I am. But uh, I, I found while I enjoyed switching up the, the, cause you do, you work out in your building's gym, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do in my apartment and uh, I, I, it's the, I'm very self-conscious. I don't like to do those kind of things in front of other people because I'm very aware of like, you know, I don't, I don't want anybody to look at me and like, Oh, look at that lady trying to get in shape at this, you know, I right. not that. And I don't think anybody is, but. Right. Oh, I totally get that. When I'm, well, one of the things that I do is when I work out with Michael, um, our gym is all mirrored, right? So I, I make him stand in front of me so that I don't actually even have to look at myself because. You could make it like a Shiva home. Just put things over all those mirrors. Tell him every time you're in. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little extreme, right? but yes, I could just cover the, uh, the mirrors. They'll be like still. Yeah. Just. Yeah. But one of the yeah, I, I I can't stand that. I can't. I don't want to see oh, myself, and I don't are want. Terrible. I know, and I I yeah. was not like that in my twenties and thirties. But one of the things that I make sure that I do is there are a lot of young people who work out at the gym at the same time, and it's a small gym, so you know conversations are you know overheard. Is I always complain about things. I make sure that I always complain about aging in front of do them. You? Because, so you so know, they know. Too so they know not not in like you know the sense that like enjoy it now before you lose it but I just right, really right, want right. to know how hard this is. <laughs> like, right. I, feel, I deserve a lot of credit for being right. down there. Um, Meanwhile, that's your experience, and my experience is an eighty-year-old man doing a head uh, handstand. Right, gotcha. and I'm like, I, yeah, I look like a mess. Yeah, I don't. I do not enjoy working out in front of other people, but but it's that's why I love Michael. Right. Yes. And, uh, and it's important that you do it. It's important that, uh, that yeah. exercise part of our life. Um, and I told you, I, this was one of the things that I thought, you know, when we got some of the money from, you know, for my mom after she passed away, this is something she could get behind. She'd, uh, she didn't exercise herself. Really. I mean, she worked, she was a nurse, she was lifting patients. So I think she sort of thought of that as like her exercise, but then once that's, that's, I think it also put a lot of uh, wear and tear on her body. Sure. And that's another thing I like about Michael. He he seems to sort of get like I've been doing some stuff and my knees will creak and like, mm-hmm. you know, you can almost hear like it's, mm-hmm. you know, the like click, 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 like, the you know, when you bend your knee, just making these terrible sounds. I know, I know. And he'll get that like, OK, this is probably, you know. That's something we should be aware of. So I'm not overdoing it on that thing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I've had that same creaking uh, and, and I always laugh about it, but it's like, well, what is that exactly? But yeah. it's like, you know, the old beach chairs when you like sat them up and it'd be like, click, click, click. that's what my knee does now. <laughs> oh, that's exactly so what it's fun. like. We, uh, I did a Zoom uh, class with him or a session with him. Uh, oh, did you? I did. And it was very, it was very hot out and I, I did it outside, 
but uh, there was one point, and I had an exercise in a few weeks, and uh, and there was one point he was asking me a question, and we had just, I had just done, like, some kind of cardio, and um, with the bands, and it's not my favorite thing, and it hurts, but it it's really, I think it's really effective, but I could not catch my breath. I was really like, I will be right there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> as soon as I can talk again, I will be but right there. But did you do it in the backyard? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's good because, you know, I don't want to not exercise this summer. Um, I don't want to stop our, our sessions. No, I don't. And I, so I had mentioned it to him. I mean, I'm five hours. Wendy is in in uh, Long, Island. Long Island in the the uh, in her her fancy beach mansion. And um, <laughs> it's smaller than your apartment, right? Isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. It, it is. Yeah. Um, and I am in my fancy Irish mansion, which is actually bigger than our apartment, but that doesn't really say much. Um, and so yesterday when we went shopping for stuff uh, for the house here, I bought a kettlebell, I, the, I bought a mat, hand weights and the, the kettlebell too. So I'm... I am uh, going to contact him and see if we can do some stuff here because I really, I honestly, I, I really want to get these. I'm not kidding. I want, um, I want Jenny's arms. Yeah. Our mutual friend, Jenny has the best arms and she doesn't even work on it. And I want her arms. Right. That's my only vain thing. Everything yeah. else is for purely health reasons. Yeah, no, but it's, but it, you know, it, we're both, obviously we have three kids each and, uh, we have other things that we do, and um, it's really important to make time for ourselves. It is really and, and exercising and getting our bodies strong is uh, is really one of the best things that we can do for ourselves, and it makes it certainly helps with my self esteem. It it balances. It does it out. too, yeah. And it also makes me feel like I'm getting my shit together. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing something that I should have been doing for years and I'm finally tackling it. But do you think, Wendy, and I'm sure most of us think this now, both Wendy and I were stay at home mothers who did stuff on the sides and volunteered at schools and were busy. Um, you know, we were we still had a lot on our plates, but but our lives were so much controlled by the kids schedules right and now that they're a little bit older and maybe don't need us as much do you think it's sort of hard for you to make that switch where now you're you're allowed to put yourself first now actually you should probably always be doing that right but but you're you are very much allowed to do it now partly and for several reasons you're still doing something for your children because you want to be around as long as possible for them number one number two you're setting a good example for your children um, and you know, number three, it's just the, the right thing to do is to take care of yourself physically. Right. But why do some mothers feel like, so when you say self-care, I think we think of pampering, right? Like go get a massage or pedicure or facial or like self-care in, in a pampering way. And why do some of us think of working out or exercising as self-care in a pampering way, like right. it's a luxury when it should just be something you do because right, right, you should be taking care of yourself. Yes, yes, and even right? you know, going like for walks or a bike ride yeah. or anything that's available um, really becomes. I mean, it's not just for our bodies; it's for our minds as well, right? It, it exercising really does help kind of clear your mind, like de-stress a little bit, which. Yes. You have children 
is really necessary. But I, I agree. It's very, um, we're not really conditioned to no. make time to take care of ourselves. And I think through the pandemic, our focus, I mean, I think everybody's focus was trying to, there's no precedent for what the world went through. So it's not like we could look back to past generations and say, oh, well, this is how they handled it. So we were sort of the first group that were parenting. And, you know, for us, our kids were right at that, you know, the opening, the gates to adolescence at that time. So they were in that, they were in middle school. Right, right. They were like, which is just not the best time in life for most people. And here we're trying to, and then you, you know, you have things with your children. I have things with my children. Things popped up over COVID and, or, you know, when things were closed down. And um, because I don't want to talk about it as if the pandemic's over, because we all know it's not. It's just, uh, this is something we have to live with now. But, um, but, but you, you know, at that stage, it was all, and I know you felt the same. It was like all of your energy just to get out of bed and try to make the most the day the most normal that you could for your children. Absolutely. And then at the end of that day, you were physically wiped out just from the emotional aspect of it. It was exhausting. And, and, and I, so I think you and I, I think the fact that this sort of happened when things maybe slowed down with the pandemic or became less hectic speaks to the fact that we have more energy because we're not as frantic now. We're not as, not that we're not, but do you know, like, and How I, much you know, that I think we we need to acknowledge too, because you and I, um, because we weren't working outside of the house before the pandemic, we were able to give our kids all the attention yes. that they needed. Is you know yep. the the parents who were both working from home, um, yep. and dealing with kids or even ours even. Uh, right. Or the ones that had to go to work. And right. Exactly. You know, the exactly the essential work. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Care worker. It's yeah, it's really I mean, moms don't have time yeah. for a pandemic. Let's, oh, it wasn't. I, I don't think there was an easy situation. There just was no easy situation. Yeah. Um, yes, it was definitely a luxury that we could be home. And that we also to us, that was normal. So it wasn't, you know, if you're normal is going to an office every day. Now the whole family is. So that did help to sort of pad that out. But uh, just the absolute, I think sometimes we forget how physically exhausting emotional stuff can be. Yes. And uh, and right. sort of having to, you know, giving yourself the permission to, to do something good for yourself, but also be kind to yourself and to say, you know, maybe today's not the best day for this or... Um, you know, or, 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 and say, I'm doing the best I can and keep working to improve in the areas you can. Um, and this was one of the things that was, was on my list for years was exercise. And it just felt like it's, if it's not now, it's never going to happen. Right. We, we carry a lot of our emotional hurt and stress in our bodies and exercise, however, whatever form it takes really does Help us, it does help, help us manage it. Um, the thing with me to when you do, to go along with my my like my body dysmorphia and that I think I'm better looking and thinner than I am. I also think I'm going to be like running a marathon in a year, which is so oh, not going to ever happen. You never, know. you never know, but like in my head, 
I'll, like, I'll come back, you know, I'll, like school will start in September and I'll be, you know, a completely different human being. And I, that's, I have to be a little bit more realistic with those things too, because I do, do, I don't know if you remember, there used to be that commercial and there's a guy, he's on a, he's at a gym and he's on the, the uh, scale and he goes, runs around the gym real fast and he gets back on the scale and he's upset that he didn't lose any weight. And Paul was, my husband was like, that's you. That is me. I will work out once and I'll be like, well, that didn't do anything. Well, that's all. So I have to, I have to not give up on myself. Consistency. Exactly. The consistency. Michael has said this to me too. The consistency over the intensity. Absolutely. It is much more important to stick with something rather than burn yourself out every time you're doing it. And, um, Which goes with let's be good, let's be kind to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and kind to each other. Um, yes. So we have to wrap it up now. Uh, sadly, I am Wendy Bradford, and you can find my blog at Mama One Two Three. My essays in various places, such as Huffington Post, Washington Post, and Scary Mommy. You can find me on social media at Wendy K Bradford. My guest was Carla O'Connor, and Carla, do you want to? I am working on a book right now um, about my mother, who was, as you know, Wendy, one of the funniest people, but also had her demons. Um, And I'm not I'm currently off social media as much as I can be because I'm just trying to uh, I found that um, which which if I may tag this on at the end, I found exercise was great for has been great for grieving, too. Um, But I found that grief and social media were not mixing well for me. So as I'm still working through the grief, but this, the writing is helping. And like I said, the, uh, the exercise is helping and having a personal trainer is helping because he is, he's a little bit of a therapist too. Oh, yeah. Sometimes he Wendy, to isn't he? To us. I, yes. I love it. Yes. I love it. He has to listen. I mean, to we pay him to, but still he has yeah. to. We can't yeah. go anywhere. <laughs> and if he, he makes me feel so interesting. A headphone on, it would really not look very good. <laughs> yeah, he's got earplugs in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Michael, you can found, find Michael at Next Level Training NYC. Thank you so He's much great. for being hysterical with us. Keep moving yeah. and shaking. And thank you so much, Carla. I love you. All right. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Move and Shake. Get moving. <laughs>